Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter where my handle is at turkeyhitman, and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 200, a first turkey story with Joey and Brody Toon. And I am your host and the guy who is back from vacation with a tan and a beer gut, and what seems to be either a little bit of sinus problems or maybe a slight cold, but I will prevail over this illness. I have to. I have something to look forward to. We are 198 days, 13 hours, 23 minutes, and 47 seconds away from opening day of spring turkey season in Alabama. And something just as exciting is that we are about 25 to 26 hours away from kickoff of the 2018 college football season, which I think for most of us is kind of that lead in to fall and a lead in to deer hunting for most of us. And I know I'm not the only one that's excited about the opening of football season. So, like I mentioned, this is episode 200. 200 episodes of the Turkey Hunter podcast. It's kind of crazy to think about. So, this is the big celebration episode. So, here's the celebration. Woohoo! Episode 200. All right. Hey, I've got... Hey, I've got a cool show for you guys today with my friend Joey Toon and his 10-year-old son Brody, who joined me to tell the story of Joey's first turkey. Now, before we get into the story, I've got some turkey soup for you guys this week. First up, we're going to talk about the state of Delaware. So Delaware has made some changes to their turkey hunting policies for next year. For 2019. And there really is a lot to this article. So I'm just going to read the whole thing to you. From the DelawareStateNews.net website, the article is entitled Turkey Permits to be Issued by State's Forest Service. And it was written on August the 11th. The article says, Another change to hunting policy this year is that the Delaware Forest Service will be issuing their own turkey hunting permits instead of doing so through the DNREC, which is the Delaware Department of Natural Resources and Environmental Control. It was announced last month that permits to hunt turkeys in state forests will be issued through a separate lottery starting in the 2019 spring season. The 2019 
turkey hunting season runs for four consecutive weeks from April the 13th to May the 11th with a special youth and non-ambulatory disabled hunter day scheduled for April the 6th. Turkey hunters will be able to request a permit for Blackbird State Forest, Tabor State Forest, and Redden State Forest. Hunters may also indicate their request for preferred weeks and locations. The change will now provide hunters with up to two weeks of permitted turkey hunting, either at a DNREC wildlife area or a Delaware State Forest. State forest hunting is still free to the public and requires no separate usage fees. The DFS receives no funding from income generated by hunting license and registration fees. Despite the change, all previous turkey hunting license and registration requirements will remain in effect. Harvested wild turkeys must still be registered through the state turkey hunting check stations. Hunters are also required to complete a turkey hunting safety education course. Although seemingly a small policy change, DFS is rolling it out as the first step in a five-year plan to help support and grow the turkey population in the state's public forests. We're taking over the permitting process, so we'll have access to the hunters who use the state forest so we can build a relationship with them and get their feedback, said Kyle Hoyd, the department's assistant forestry administrator. We weren't able to do that before because of DNREC's standards, but now we can communicate with hunters and survey them on things like when and where they're hunting and suggestions on how to improve the hunt. DFS has taken note lately that the turkey population has been dwindling in the state forests while their natural predators are flourishing at the same time. We're hoping the hunters can give us feedback that will lead to better land management and creation of more turkey habitat through things like clear cutting and installing food plots, Mr. Hoyd said. Down in forests like Redden, we're not seeing turkey populations thrive like they once did. And we don't know if it's environmental or predator related. We are seeing a lot more foxes and raccoons, though, who are their main predators and can have a huge impact on nesting turkeys and their eggs. Well-placed clear-cuts can help build turkey habitat, said Mr. Hoyd. We already do some clear-cutting, but we'd like to go in and do more spread-out, small-acre clearing, which can be great for turkeys and install more food sources, that can also help support the deer population, said Mr. Hoyd. Pending feedback from hunters, Mr. Hoyd also says that the DFS is considering opening the forest to trapping to target predators. We're hoping to open up trapping for foxes, raccoons, and other predators soon, he said. It's what DNREC currently does on state land, but we've never really thought it was necessary until now where we are seeing a lot more predators than turkeys. Essentially, the permits will be the same as DNREC's, but they'll be obtained either at a state forest office or from the Department of Agriculture's website. In addition, the DFS will use a system that allows hunters to call in if they no longer need their permit so it can be reassigned to another individual on the waiting list. This was developed in response to a lack of hunters 
during the 2017 and 2018 seasons. The DFS will also provide hunters with a survey card that they will fill out to apply the following year that includes questions on how many turkeys they saw, days hunted, what tracks they hunted, etc. And the rest of the article goes on to talk a little bit more about deer hunting than turkeys, so I'm going to skip over that part of the article now. Like I said before I read that, there are a great deal of talking points in that article, but I just want to touch on one for a minute. I've heard from several of you guys about what has or is being affectionately called my rant episode from a few weeks ago. Even though I didn't want it to be a rant, I guess it came across that way and that's okay. But you guys that have reached out to me said that you wish your home state would do some of the things that I mentioned in that episode that I wished the state of Alabama would do. And I really appreciate you guys taking the time to email me with your thoughts about that episode. That means a lot. All right, but I'm, I'm getting off track here. The thing that stood out to me in this article is this, and I'm going to quote the article again because this jumped off the page at me. We're taking over the permitting process, so we'll have access to the hunters who use the state forest so we can build a relationship with them and get their feedback said Kyle Hoyd, the department's assistant forestry administrator. We weren't able to do that before because of DNREC's standards, but now we can communicate with hunters and survey them on things like when and where they're hunting and suggestions on how to improve the hunt. Delaware gets it. Delaware gets it. To effectively run any business these days, the business must have a way to communicate with its clients and customers. Our state game departments must have a list of their customers, us, the hunters, and a way to inexpensively and effectively communicate with them via email maybe. There are exponentially more of us hunters than there will ever be wildlife enforcement officers and biologists in our states. Those biologists need to take advantage of the hundreds of thousands of ears and eyes that belong to the people that hunt the animals that those states biologists are trying to manage. So my hat's off to the Delaware Forest Service for understanding the amazing resource that they have at their fingertips, being their hunters, wanting information and feedback from those hunters, and taking the necessary steps to put that information to use. Gathering information is the first step to solving any problem any problem in the world. We have to know what's going on. And when state game and fish departments ignore the hunters who are in the woods every single day during hunting season and they don't get the feedback and input from those hunters, they are missing out on the greatest opportunity they have to effectively manage the game populations in those states. All right, next up, 
is New Hampshire and the New Hampshire Spring 2018 turkey hunting harvest numbers are in. And hunters harvested a total of 4,203 turkeys in New Hampshire during the spring season. And that's down a little bit from the total of 4,482 that was taken in the 2017 spring season, but it ranks as the third highest spring harvest. So the biologist in this article mentions that they think the harvest numbers are down because of the warm weather that they had in the last two weeks of their season. So even though we've had all that doom and gloom from so many states, there are still a handful of states out there that have healthy populations of wild turkeys and their hunters are still harvesting a good number of birds. Those of you who are pursuing your super slam of wild turkeys might want to keep some of this information in your back pocket while you're planning trips for the upcoming years. Hey, I found an article online that talked about a new website called Easy Access Hunts. And the site is easyaccesshunts.com. Easy Access Hunts is a platform to connect landowners and hunters who are not looking for a long-term lease. So, think Airbnb for hunting. I've reached out to the owner of the website, and I'm trying to get him on this show in an upcoming episode to tell us a little bit more about the site and how we can effectively use it to help us accomplish some of our goals, being grand slams and super slams. So keep your eyes and ears out for that episode. I hope to get him on sometime soon and talk about his website a a little bit. I think it's a great idea. And now for the last but not least important ingredient in our recipe for turkey soup this week. I... As the host of the Turkey Hunter podcast and your turkey hunting buddy would be remiss if I did not let you know that bullfrog season is now open in Nebraska and it runs all the way through the month of October, ending on 10-31-18. Obviously, I know this has nothing to do with turkeys, but I thought it was too good not to share with you guys. You know, with me being from Alabama having grown up in Alabama, and there being bullfrogs in what seems to be every mud puddle around the state, it just seems funny to me that a state would have a season on bullfrogs, but they know more about their own state and their animals in those states than I do. So I'm just guessing that bullfrog hunting is extremely popular in Nebraska, and maybe bullfrogs are not as plentiful, so the state has to monitor the population. I have no idea, but I think it's fun to talk about it for a minute or two. Bullfrog season. Bullfrogs. Okay, Okay. so that's all the soup that I have for you guys today. Now, let's get into today's story with Joey and Brody Toon. So, I've known Joey now for a couple of years. Joey's in a business group that I'm in. And Joey joined it a couple of years ago. We got to know each other. And pretty much everybody in that group knows that I turkey hunt because I don't hide it. Not everyone in that group knows that I host a podcast about turkey hunting, mainly just because I don't run around telling everybody that I host a podcast. 
it probably would help to boost the number of listeners, but I would rather you guys run around and tell everybody about the Turkey Hunter podcast than I would run around and tell everybody about the Turkey Hunter podcast. So Joey knew that I turkey hunt and he'd mentioned to me a couple of times that he wanted to go and he wanted to take me with him down to his property that he hunts down in southwest Alabama and try to call in a turkey for him. And obviously I'm going to say yes to those invites like that. I'd be crazy not to. So we have been turkey hunting together a few times, I think maybe three or four times so far. And we had one close encounter and you probably heard me mention that close encounter in the replay that was played last week. Well, it was only a couple of weeks after that that Joey and Brody went back down to the property by themselves and hit pay dirt. And to tell us more about it, here are Joey Toon and his son Brody. And I will see you guys on the other side. Hey guys, I am excited today because I have two special guests in the world headquarters for the Turkey Hunter podcast right here, right now, for our very first live and in-person interviews. And so I'm going to let our guests introduce themselves. So I'm going to let the tall one go first and then the short one go second. My name is Joey Toon, and I'm here with uh, my son. You introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Brody Toon. And uh, we're here to share our experience about uh, harvesting our, our first turkey together. That's awesome. So to give you guys a little bit of background, you may recognize Joey's name from, actually it was a recent episode that I just replayed last week. Joey has been kind enough to invite me to go turkey hunting with him a few times. And last year, I went with Joey and Brody the first time. And we did a lot of walking and didn't hear very much gobbling. We saw some turkeys and we saw a couple of coyotes hunting our decoys, didn't we? Yeah. And that was awesome. Mm -hmm. So was that a first for you, Brody? Yeah. Now, I'm a little bit older than you and that was a first for me. It was? I've had coyotes come into my calling before and bobcats come into my calling, but I have never had coyotes see my decoys from as far away as those coyotes saw because we saw them when they first came out in the field. They were, what, 300 yards away maybe? Oh, yeah. yeah. And we watched them go all the way down the edge of that field, past the decoys, and then they ran across the field like they were being real slick, got to the woods line that we were in, and then attacked our decoys, didn't they? Mm -hmm. Tried to. Yeah, they tried to. So that was actually pretty cool. That was a fun experience. So when Joey and Brody and I were at his club last year, well, in 2017, we had an early spring across much of the country. And so... I felt like Joey's club was probably better suited for an early season hunt. So I asked Joey to bring me back earlier for the 2018 season. And we went a couple of times. I went once with Joey and our buddy Drew. And then, well, Brody, I think, may have gotten checked into school one morning or afternoon. So Brody could go hunting with us. And so we went down that day. It was Drew me, 
Joey and Brody. And me and my hunting buddy Brody went after them. We heard, do you remember how many turkeys we heard gobble that day? Like five, I think. We heard several turkeys gobble, but none of them were very close, were they? Nope. They were closer to your dad and Drew. Yeah. But they couldn't do anything with them. Nothing. But one thing that I know after that trip right there is I know that your dad had this fire in his belly. <laughs> he had this determination. He wanted a turkey. He was going to get a turkey. And so when you and I, when we got back to Birmingham, we were all riding in the truck together. We got back to Birmingham. Before I got out of the truck, what happened? Um, Do you remember? No. Did I give you something? Yes, you gave me the call. I gave you the call. And we practiced calling. Yeah, so we practiced calling on the way back, actually, from mm -hmm. our hunt. And I gave you that call, and I gave you a few conditions about when you could use that call, didn't I? Mm-hmm. Do you remember any of those conditions? One was when there was a turkey that I needed to call in. Second was when we were practicing. And then the third was not to do it around mom because it would drive her crazy. <laughs> so that's the one I have to ask you about. Uh-huh. Have you been using it around your mom? Um, maybe. Maybe? Okay. <laughs> so I am very familiar with how crazy a turkey call will drive a woman of the household. So I can be downstairs in the basement and my wife can be upstairs and I can be working a turkey call down there and I can hear her holler downstairs at me. I can hear that! <laughs> <laughs> Which basically means stop. <laughs> so you practiced with a turkey call. After I gave it to you, you got home, you did some practicing, and your dad did some practicing too. Mm -hmm. And so Joey, I see Joey pretty much once a week, every single week at a business meeting for a business group that he and I are in. And we, of course, in addition to talking business, we talk turkeys. So we've been talking turkey off and on, and I think I was headed out of town that particular weekend. I can't remember if I was going to Mississippi or where I was yeah. headed, North Carolina, but you called me that week after the meeting, and you had some concerns about the weather forecast. Well, we'd had the, the weather was a pretty severe storm coming in Thursday night and Friday morning, and we got an email basically anticipating the, the poor weather and canceling all the softball and, and baseball activities for the park that we participate in. And, and so I'd called Andy and said, hey, what, you know, being a, a new turkey hunter, I wanted to know what effect the weather had on, on the birds and uh, whether or not it'd be worth our time to go down and, and test our luck with the, with the weather. And the answer I got back was the best turkey call in the world is what, Brody? When um, when there's a storm about to hit, because they respond to thunder. That's right. And so we decided Thursday night, we packed everything up. We said rain, rain or shine, snow or sleet, we're going to get down there and try our hand at it. We were excited, uh, hoping for some thunder to locate those birds better. But as what happens a lot of times <laughs> with weather forecasting, <laughs> The forecast was not entirely accurate, was it? No, that storm didn't hit Thursday night. It actually didn't hit till Friday afternoon. And so the morning was great. It was actually a, a warm morning. You knew the storm was coming. Yeah. There was wind, but it was 
fantastic weather-wise for us, and we're really glad we made the decision Thursday night to go down there. Yeah. Made it. Yeah. You know, I think I told you this when we were on the phone, but my decision about whether or not I go hunting is usually made about 15 minutes before I step into the truck. Yeah. Because the radar tells everything. You know, with all the technology that we have and everything else to these days with weather forecasting, Yeah. it's still just that. And so about the only sure bet when it comes to weather in the state of Alabama is when you get to August, it's pretty sure bet that the temperature is going to be somewhere in the 90s. That's right. The humidity is going to be about 85 or 90%, and it's going to be brutally hot. 100%. Maybe some afternoon showers. Maybe. So I'm glad you guys went, and we actually, our buddy Drew decided not to go that morning because of the weather forecast. And so one of Drew's buddies killed a turkey. Joey killed a turkey. And Drew is still kicking himself in the <laughs> rear end over that decision to not go that day. So tell me what happened because you your property that you hunt is about an hour and 30 minutes or so from your house. Yes, sir. Yeah. And so what know, time did you guys leave to get down there? Oh, we left. If I recall, we left at 4.30 to get down there. We were in the truck driving at 4.30. And, you know, being at brand new at all this you know we had gone down there uh, a handful of times with Andy and with Drew and you know we're not experienced but one thing we ask a lot of questions about that particular part of the property and we felt pretty comfortable if they where they would be if they were going to be you know responding to our calls and where we should set up and that was that uh, the going down with with Drew and with Andy was was critical in our ability to to have success but we got down there probably 5.50, 5.45, and we're able to pull right up to the gate and start, you know, hoofing it across the field. And we were there, and we got to kind of a, a point in the property where we were, the two times I went with Andy and with Drew, we stopped and called both times. And we got to that point, and I'm trying to remember if we even called, or if we just heard them gobbling. We, we called. Him. We heard him. We didn't yeah, call. We, we heard him. We 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 just started going, and then we heard him. So we tried. We we went a little farther, and we like finally like heard him. They were really close. We sat down and see if we could saw him. Yeah. And I think they started moving back away from us. So I think we waited, and then once they got oh like little ways away, we got up and started going. And then we sat there for a little bit trying to think. Let me give them some history on us. Brody and I had gone down the very first time by ourselves, and we had called. The gobbler responded. We called. He responded and was heading our way. And not knowing a whole lot about turkey hunting, we tried to get closer. Or what we should have done is been patient and waited. And we ended up spooking that gobbler, and he took off. That was the first, very first time either one of us had ever gone turkey hunting. And so we were determined on our way down to be a little bit more patient. So we we had two or three gobblers firing off that morning first thing. And the one closest to us, we went and set up on. But what did we notice, notice going towards that the, go, the gobbler? There was a coyote chasing it. So it was going and it hopped in a tree and the coyote was kind of like following it along the wood line. And it went. And it was kind of um, like waiting there to see if the turkey would go. 
and then finally it flew over down and went to another spot and the coyote went to it and we waited we just waited and we didn't know what to do because we were getting torn up by bugs <laughs> by what kind of bugs mosquitoes and the turkey was getting chased by the coyote so finally when it got a ways away we got up and we started going well, what do we see across the field from us do you remember how many turkeys we saw on we the other across like the field three there was two there were two and then we went and we tried to go get them and then daddy tried to go across and then he spooked one <laughs> and they both ran off and we couldn't get them and then all of a sudden we stopped and we heard one in the distance so we went we went we walked to the ways where we heard it then we sat down and daddy put up the decoy let's wait just a second so we saw that first gobbler and we, we set up on it and we thought it was a good setup and we were being new to this and with the warm temperature the mosquitoes were out and we were getting torn up. We did not have a thermocell with us yeah. and uh, it was miserable. And, and it's swampy yes. where where you hunt down there and, and there are a lot of mosquitoes. Yes, well we yeah, it was we'd got a lot of rain and uh and we saw a coyote going towards it and with us getting torn up by these mosquitoes, we were trying to make a decision, hey, do we stay? Because I was miserable, he was miserable. And just then we saw probably across the field, which is probably about three hundred and fifty yards, on the opposite wood line, we saw two more birds working their way on that wood line. And there was a patch of woods between us and that wood line. And so we waited, and as soon as those birds got behind that patch of woods, we grabbed our stuff and we hauled across that field. And we got behind the woods, and we, and they, we didn't spook them. And they got behind another patch of woods, and we got a little too aggressive and tried to get around that woods, and, and they, we watched them take off. Yeah. And so fortunately, we're standing there, and I hear another gobble in a deep V that's probably about 250, 300 yards to our left. And all the action has been in front of us or to our right. And this is, a, this is in the direction where I had set up previously with you, Andy. And so we kind of gathered ourselves and just said, hey, we're going to do this the right way. We're going to go, not get too close. We set up probably... 200 yards from the deep V there where we thought he was set up, where he was roosted, and we put a decoy down, got inside the woods, found a good place to, to set up, and then we started calling. And then we are calling, we just saw it fly right out of the tree, and there were two of them, and they came down and they went straight for the decoy, and then Dad was saying, don't move, don't move, and they were really, really close, <laughs> and then finally Dad got a, in a shooting position, and then he shot one, and then I ran over, and I knocked him over. Yeah, he knocked me over, not not the not the bird. <laughs> now I'm not the smallest guy. I'm I'm six foot, two hundred every every bit of two hundred eighty pounds. And Brody at the time was nine, and uh, I've never been hit like a nine year old like I was there. He's probably about twelve feet to my right, maybe three or four feet back, posted up against a tree. And I shot that bird, and with within seconds, I got tackled and knocked over uh, by a nine-year-old that was. And I, I and I, listen, we have we we've, we've done sports, we've won games in the last inning, you know, we've we've won all, we've been at, at uh, games won by hail marys in in the last yeah. second, but I have never had an ex an, uh, an experience or just an explosion of 
pure joy by this guy. Mm-hmm. I like that. It was it was a lot of fun. We've killed a deer together, but I think this was more. And you've shot your own deer, but this is this is more. I think we had more fun shooting this bird together than just about anything else, right? Mm-hmm. So it, I I would I didn't know a nine year old was capable of taking <laughs> taking out a two hundred eighty pound adult. It was a special moment that uh, I will remember forever. Mm-hmm. So. How far was the turkey when you shot it? Did you step it off? Yeah, it was it was just over 30 yards. And, okay. and, and one of the things that I'd done, you know, just talking with Andy, I'd gone out and patterned, and I felt comfortable with my setup, you know, 45 yards all yeah. day long. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it and when we, we saw them fly off the roost, and they landed probably just over 100 yards from the decoy, but they, I mean, they were coming. You made a beeline for the decoy. Absolutely. What kind of decoy did you use? Was it just a, a lone hen? Yes, it was a lone hen. Was it a feeder? Uh, yes. head down? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So, and they were, yeah, they were, they were coming. And they were lonely. 100%. So you saw them fly down from the roost and they didn't see you guys? No. So. Because we came that, you... that back finger, if you remember, there's just kind of a finger of woods. Yeah. And so we came about that back, we came around that back way. Okay. And. Uh, How did you get the decoy in the field without them seeing you? There is a little bit of a outcrop there and what we think they did is they were on the other side of that outcrop and we didn't see him come off the roost we just saw him i saw movement to my left and i looked and they were mid pitch yeah landing yeah. so we didn't see him come off the actual so roost they could have been 40 yards back in the woods and you had the leaves from the trees and then you had that little outcrop yeah, or, yeah. Little not there on the on the finger yep for extra little uh jut out of the woods there and i didn't dare go because of where we were hearing you know the bird gobble i didn't dare go too far out of those woods to place that decoy yeah yeah in those fields that's crucial as you already know and found out several times because you bumped (laughs) two birds yeah that morning yep and now brody so the first bird that the coyote was after Uh that coyote after the turkey flew down and was on the ground, that coyote came after the turkey and the turkey flew back up in the tree. Um, Is that what happened? It was doing it and I think they flew to another tree and then the coyote kind of like left. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's when we like packed up and went for it. And then it flew to another little patch of woods and then we tried to go for it. And then we spooked it and then that's when we heard the, the, the other, other turkey to yeah. our left and that's when we went to the little patch of woods and yes. sat down. Okay. Let me ask you a question. So you've been turkey hunting now three times? Four times? Four times? Yes, sir. Do you think that coyotes are a predator of turkeys? Yes, sir. Do you think coyotes eat turkeys? Mm-hmm. Do you think that they hunt them a good bit? Yes, sir. Like probably more than you and I do? Yes, sir. I think you're right. But you know there's a lot of talk from wildlife biologists that say that coyotes may hunt turkeys but don't actually catch a lot of them. I think there might be some truth to that, but you know, if there's one that's got a hurt leg or something like that, it's a little bit of a weaker turkey, you know, I bet those get eaten pretty quickly, don't you? Yes, sir. 
you got a bunch of coyotes down there on that place where you hunt. Mm -hmm. So I think they definitely have an effect on the turkeys. So the turkey that your dad killed, how many times did you hear that turkey gobble? I think we heard it like three or four times. We okay. heard it once. I'd say I'd say more than that. I'd say probably seven or eight because we heard it fire off a couple times when we were chasing those. Once we got done busting mm -hmm. those two and then working it. our way down. Yeah, we heard it like three or four times. And then we just going down there. And then finally when we did it, we started up and started calling. They, and then they started they responding to back. us. Yeah. And then it, finally we stopped calling and then that's when it flew down and we we, we learned our lesson we tossed that call once they once we were set up and they responded a couple of times i literally took that call and tossed it because i did not want to be i did not want to be tempted to it's touch tempting. it again it's so, tempting when they respond to you and i know you say it probably facetiously in the you know in talking about that but i took it literally and i tossed that thing there's nothing wrong you so know, you pitch it down three or four feet that way you have to put forth some effort to pick it back up <laughs> that's right and it makes you really think about is it worth moving to get the call or not and just sitting there where you know sitting still where you know you won't spook that turkey so did you guys did you call to the turkey while he was on the roost yes okay yes all right and this was what time of day how oh. long after daylight was it that so this is probably closer to this is closer to, to seven o'clock because you know, when we, when we went after that first turkey, we had, you know, we looked and kind of strategized on where we are going to set up on it. And then by the time we got through the woods and set up and sat for a while and then um, went after those other two, I mean, it's seven, uh, between seven and seven thirty. Okay. So that turkey obviously still on the roost that time of day, which is probably an hour after what would be normal fly down, at least 45 minutes after what would be normal fly down. That turkey was up there a lot later than, you know, what they would typically be. So, you know, I'm wondering if just speculation. Sure. And it doesn't really matter one way or the other. All the cards worked out the right way in your favor <laughs> yes. that day. So, you know, you don't want to second guess a whole lot of stuff. But I'm wondering if those turkeys were still on the roost because they saw the coyotes come through there earlier and it may have just caused them to stay up in the tree a little bit longer. Th but that and I don't, just don't know if weather has any factor in that as well because it was, you know, the was, wind was blowing a little bit. It was windy that day. Yeah. Yeah. And so the weather can have an effect on it, but typically the wind won't cause them to stay up in a tree longer. You know, fog definitely at times will do that. And then I've had them, you know, I've had times where it's been so foggy you couldn't see 10 feet in front of you. Mm -hmm. And a turkey just sits up on the limb in the tree for hours until it gets light enough to where it can see the ground and pitch down. And then I've had it be so foggy, you know, that just as foggy and the turkey pitched down. Yeah. So I, you know, there's really no rhyme or reason. But my experience in the past is the foggier it is, the longer they'll stay up in the tree. And then, of course, when you have those dark, cloudy, rainy days they'll tend to stay up in the tree a little bit later just because it gets light later well and it was i mean it was overcast that day yeah uh so that could have been a factor as well yeah i, I honestly wouldn't be surprised at the coyote i never even thought about that but that very well could be the case yeah because they, they were i mean the one we saw was active 
And you didn't hear those two turkeys gobble when you got out of the truck, did you? Not when we got out of the truck, but when we when we hiked across the field and got to the point where we've called in the past and kind of set up and, and just stopped and listened. Yeah. We heard multiple birds, but this one to the to our right, the first one we went after, that was by far the closest. Okay. So that's why we, we went after that initially. Yeah. Yeah, we did hear them. We did hear what most likely was that bird that we ended up killing earlier in the day. Yeah. But that was, a you know, again, uh, a good ways away at that point. Yeah. So, Brody, are you hooked on turkey hunting? Yeah. Is that, do you like turkey hunting more than deer hunting? A little bit. A little bit more? <laughs> You still get pretty excited when you see a deer, don't you? Yeah, especially when I we were, when I shot my first deer. The first time we went there, and I actually got a chance to do it, and there was a deer that came out on last light, and my teeth were like like kind of chattering because I was like so scared. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did. I really didn't want to miss it. But then finally, when it came out, the spike came out, and then my dad had to call the owner of the camp to make sure it was okay and he said yes and right when he got that respond it started moving out so I was like oh man and then finally a doe walked out and we just waited for it to stop and then finally I got able to shoot and I shot it and we went and, and then we went and got it and my dad said it was like a perfect shot. It's a great shot. I believe it and you've been practicing a lot with your rifle, haven't you? Well, actually, I haven't practiced that much just before, like, we, I'm pretty sure we spent the night there before, and we practiced shooting it a little bit before, and then that night we spent the night, and then we woke up and went, and that's when we shot, I shot it. Yeah. It's about that time of year to start practicing again, huh? Yeah. Let me ask you a question. You said you were afraid that you might miss that deer. So you play baseball, don't you? Yes, sir. So when you're playing baseball and you go up to bat, you ever strike out? Sometimes I do. But most of the time, what happens? Most of the time, I either get walked because of how small I am, <laughs> and either or I get base hit. So, do you think you get more base hits and walks than you do strikeouts? Mm -hmm. So, would, do you think then that shooting a gun at a deer or a turkey is kind of like going to bat in baseball? You're going to miss some. You're going to get mm -hmm. struck out sometimes yeah. but it's when you hit that ball and you get on base or when you get walked and you get on base and then maybe you stand a chance of stealing second or scoring the winning run or something like that for your team uh -huh. that makes it all worth it doesn't it yes sir so don't be afraid of miss because i'm going to tell you a secret and i'm going to lean up close so that they can't hear me in the microphone when <laughs> i say this i miss a lot of deer Did and you? i miss a lot of turkeys do you know why? Why? Because I'm not afraid to get in the batter box and take a swing. Mm -hmm. So don't be ashamed and don't be afraid of missing. You, If you get the opportunity to take a deer or take a turkey mm -hmm. and you can make a, what you feel like in your head and your heart is a good shot at it, then you do all the things that your dad's told you to do. You just take a deep breath and slowly squeeze the trigger make sure the sights on the exactly the hair or the feather that you want to hit and and just slowly squeeze that trigger and make it happen okay. and you'll find out more often than not that you got a big smile on your face instead <laughs> of a frown <laughs> so take some Good shots sir. shoot some deer this year i want to see some pictures and 
So you kind of like turkey hunting more than deer hunting, maybe a little bit. Mm -hmm. Do you think you would like turkey hunting more if you killed a turkey yourself? Yes. I think you might too. That's the plan, huh? Yep. Yep. So is there a chance next year you and I can go turkey hunting together? Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Good. Well then, what we'll do, me and you and your dad will go. Okay. And you and your dad can sit side by side on the tree. And you think you can handle a shotgun? Mm-hmm. I yes, think sir. you can sir. handle the shotgun. I think you can handle the right one with the right ammo. Mm-hmm. And then I'll stay back behind you guys and call, and we'll see if we can't get a turkey in for you. Okay. <laughs> that way you you can wear the turkey fan like an Indian headdress yeah. to school. Okay, that'll be fun. You walk in your class and you tell your teacher you're the chief today. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do that. Uh, you need that your mom's you bad little turkey calling you wait you what your teacher says when you walk in and announce you're the chief. Uh, you'll, be in, you'll be in big trouble. Yeah, you'll be in the yeah. principal's office and your mom will be calling me. Yeah. I'll be the one that's in trouble, not you. Yeah. So don't do that. Well, good deal. Well, Joey, congratulations to you. I know this has been something you've been really determined to do, and, and you've learned a lot. You've been learning a lot. You've been like a sponge when you've gone with Drew or you've gone with me and Drew, and even going by yourself. I mean, you you know, you're using these, these things that you're learning. I don't see much getting past you about turkey hunting or even hunting in general and I know you've been hunting for a while but you're new to turkey hunting but I just you know I see all this stuff seems to click with you and you not only do you hear it and you register it and process it but you implement it and you know and I think that's the key I think you know getting out there and and knowing that that we will never know everything there is to know about turkeys Absolutely. But there's no reason why we can't throw everything that we do know about them at them and hope that something works. Well, I, I that's very kind of you, Andy, and I'll tell you. Um, so when me and Brody first decided to go down and turkey hunt, we bought a call the night before at a, at a, a, a local um, shop, and we went down. And on the way down, I literally searched on my podcast, Turkey Hunting Podcast, and thought, well, this one is the top one, and so I we we listened. How there was a, a title, something about a call, and we're listening to this, and I said, man, Brody, this sounds. Does this sound familiar? This guy's voice sounds real familiar. And it was about uh, 45 minutes in the drive. I said, man, that's Andy. <laughs> and uh, I hadn't known Andy long, and I knew that he turkey hunted, but uh, I'll, I'll tell you, they have been a. Andy's been a not only his podcast, but I'm fortunate enough to live near him. And I would encourage anybody that's getting into this to find somebody because I'll tell you what, the only thing better than than harvesting a, a bird yourself is helping somebody else harvest it. Yeah. And I think we're going to have an even greater experience once he actually, for me at least, okay. when he's able to squeeze a trigger for on his own. And so I appreciate all the help. And it's I'll tell you what I mean going down and getting in the woods with someone who knows what they're doing that makes all the difference in the world and so i appreciate all the the help and tips that you have provided not only through the know. podcast that i didn't even know about until i uh <laughs> until i listened to it uh and also the the time you spent in the woods with us so uh we we are very both of us right very appreciative so thank you well thank you i appreciate the invites and i always enjoy hanging out with you too y'all are a lot of fun so, Feelings mutual, huh? Hopefully. Yes. 
hopefully we'll get to do that again come springtime. So good deal. Well, I wish you both a lot of luck this deer season, which will be here soon. And you guys both have a new camp to learn about. We do. So it'll be some new things to learn about with turkeys too, won't it? Kind mm-hmm. of figure out what those turkeys are doing on that piece of property. Yes, and we have a chance of getting a hog too. Oh yeah, yeah. We got some hogs on the on the new place, huh? Yes, a lot of them. So we'll try to remedy those along yes. with the coyotes, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, I expect to see lots of pictures texted to me with you and deer and you and hogs this year. Okie dokie. All right. <laughs> Thanks for coming over and coming to the world headquarters of the turkey hunter podcast you're welcome (laughs) all right guys thank you thank you okay i hope you guys enjoyed that you know i'm thankful to joey for his gracious turkey hunting invites and of course his friendship he like many of you dads of young children out there listening wants his son brody to get his first turkey very badly hopefully this coming spring. And personally, I admire Joey for wanting to learn the sport and teach as much of it as possible to Brody. Joey is not afraid of getting in the woods without a more experienced turkey hunter with him and trying what he has learned. And for all of you new turkey hunters out there, I want to stress to you that the information you can learn from listening to this show, from reading books, magazines, and blogs, and from watching all the classes on turkeyhuntinguniversity.com, that's only going to take you so far. You guys need to get out into the woods and experiment with and implement the knowledge and strategies that you've learned. And don't be afraid to take your children with you while you're on this learning adventure. You'll be amazed at what they can learn from you and what you can learn from them. All right, I need you guys to do me a favor this week. If this episode made you smile or laugh, then like and share it on social media. That's a great way to help out the show, and I appreciate you guys who do that for me regularly. Your sharing of this show does not go unnoticed. I really, really appreciate you. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.